Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where we talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Katherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Palestina. And today we are talking to the bubbly, incredible land mermaid, Meg Patnod. Yay! Welcome, Meg. Thank you for having me. Love it. Love it. Love mermaid. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> We're so glad you're here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We've never met a mermaid before. <laughs> no, I will say with land mermaid, you do get different duties than like Ariel does. So it's like a land shark, you know, but they were just like misdescribing us the whole time. We're just a little, we're a little testy sometimes. <laughs> that makes Wild. Sense. I actually, I actually for real woke up yesterday and was like, I need to Google if mermaids are real and did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so glad we found you. Um, <laughs> anyway, speaking of you, um, who, who are you? Where are you from? How did you get started in comedy? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm Meg Patnod. I have a really weird French last name that, uh, yeah, it's just kind of there. Um, <laughs> It's funny because I am um, mostly Italian, but just have like the French last name in there. So uh, it always confuses myself and a lot of people. It's when I have, they see this like giant Italian family, they're like, where did the last name come from? I was just like, see, my dad's side is just really small. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Italian kind of takes over everything. Um, Yes, I am from, I'm coming to you live from Brooklyn right now, but I am actually from uh, upstate New York. And uh, so it's like, I'm, I'm from this really tiny town that's like in between Albany and Saratoga Springs. It's called Half Moon and no one's ever heard of it. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of like farms and, and strip malls and there's a Walmart and an Olive Garden and that's kind of it. We finally got, I was very excited because they, they finally put in like, um, a uh an ice cream place like in our town and it was like a very exciting thing when I went home to visit my parents I'm like why are we getting the cool things now that I left and like went to the city (laughs) so that that's that's where I'm from um and yeah I'm a comedian in New York City I've been doing comedy for I'll say it's always like a tricky thing when people ask you when you start like doing comedy I started doing comedy five years ago um and kind of like slowly dip my toe into comedy um or my fin I guess my, my <laughs> fin, my fin into comedy <laughs> and uh absolutely loved it and then um kind of just slowly got into it so I would say I've been doing I was introduced five years ago but I've really been like doing comedy really trying to get out there doing more shows and everything in the last three years so it's been like a journey since I got to New York City that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. No, that's so relatable. The question, like, when did you start is like, I don't know, like I tried it once, but like, that was weird. And then I didn't do it again for three months. So like, does it count? <laughs> um, so very relatable content there. Um, how did you get started in comedy? Yeah. So, um, I got started in comedy. It was a really weird kind of story. So no one ever expected me, anyone in my life to ever do comedy. Um, because I grew up as like a pretty shy person and, um, I always like really appreciated comedy, but was never really that outspoken before. And, uh, so it was a big shock to everyone when I said, I'm going to do comedy. 
But I will say this, that everyone, as we all know, everyone who does comedy had something terrible happen right before they started doing comedy, which is like why they found comedy. So <laughs> um, with me, it's no different. It wasn't like that bad, but I always uh, say it like, uh, I had like a pre-divorce. Um, so it's, uh, which is basically where you pay for a wedding to happen and then it doesn't happen. So then like, you just pay a lot of money to get like happiness. So, <laughs> but basically I was in a relationship that was just terrible. I, um, I definitely just said like, wow, there has to be something more to life than this guy was like super just like verbally abusive and uh, just like not a good person and really happy that I cut it off then uh, pre getting married, which was amazing. Just cost yeah. a lot of money. But um, then um, I was always really told from that where it's just like, I, I kind of took from that my moment of like, this is my time to really like find what my voice really is. And comedy was something that I always loved. I grew up, loved watching like Seinfeld and stuff and um, like always really appreciated his comedy. So uh, being in New York City, I was like at that point at my own apartment, I was living alone and I was just like, I want to do something that terrifies me. And I found that you could do stand-up comedy classes. And I was like, that's amazing. Um, that sounds like a really scary thing to do that I no one would ever expect me to do. So uh, that's what I did. I enrolled in a comedy class that was at uh, Gotham Comedy Club. And um, I met my teacher, Jim Mandrinos. And uh, he's still one of my absolute comedy idols, my mentor. He's just amazing. Um, and I remember getting up on stage for the first time in that class and like he literally just had his talking into the microphone on the first day and I remember the feeling of you know just like getting up on stage and having everyone like stare at me and I was just like I could say anything right now and no matter what they have to listen and like <laughs> there's so much power in that and <laughs> there's so much appreciation in that and um yeah, it's like from that moment on, I just absolutely, I was just like, this is such a cool other life experience that I've ever had. And I'm just like, what can I say that's gonna um, interest people? It's gonna make them laugh, but it's also like talking about things that either in my life that other people can relate to or uh, just um, bringing up different subjects in general that people are afraid to talk about. So that was like kind of the best thing ever was that moment in that class and uh, getting, getting on stage for the first time. Wow, that's amazing. Like, that's such an interesting way in. And you're so right. Everyone has like that moment that like bring something brings someone to comedy. And that's yeah, very, it's very true. I always encourage, especially like always encourage uh, women, especially I'm a very big proponent of women in comedy. There's not enough of us. There needs to be more. Um, but it's so I, I find that a lot of women, especially that I grew up with are always like don't really know their voice or, or have had their voice. And you know, I always say like, I can't imagine my life without comedy now. It's such a big part of my personality. And I feel like through it, I got into it when I was, you know, 24. And I'm just like, I feel like that's when I found my voice was when I was 24. I feel like before that, I was always trying to like, please other people or live my life in a way that everyone else thought was the right thing to do. So I thought was the right thing to do. But I wasn't really like exploring what else, you know, what else could that be? Um, and I feel like that be getting into comedy was the moment that I was able to like break through that and be like no I'm gonna do like have, like try something completely different that I care about and I'm gonna make people hear my perspective for a change 
Um, and there's something so powerful that happens when you do that. It's just like you get your own perspective out there for the first time and it doesn't just happen in comedy. Then that magnifies just in your life of like, wow, I'm really gonna make my perspective known on things or like, I'm really gonna advocate for myself or stand up just for yourself in general rather than just standing up in comedy. It's so awesome. It's also funny because it's like, I I like totally like RT on everything you're saying about like women in comedy, especially because it's also funny because I have been doing so many like women's and LGBT mics lately that I went to the, my first non-women's and LGBT mic probably in like a month on um last Tuesday. And I was like, oh my God, I'm the only woman here. Like, because for so long, I was like, there are so many women in comedy and and so many LGBT people. Look how many there. And it was just like, you know, because I was only going to those mics. Uh, and then I was like, oh, wait, right. This is what this is what everyone's been talking about. You know, being a very straight, straight white male dominated <laughs> industry. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I totally, yeah, totally get what you're saying. Um, yeah, so you you got started in comedy. What have you been doing in comedy? Like, or what were you doing in comedy before the pandemic? Like, what was sort of your, like, comedy trajectory looking like before the world ended? Sure. So, uh, yeah, before the world ended, man, it was, like, <laughs> forever ago. Uh, no, beforehand, I was, um, so it's just, like, I have a day job. I'm a designer during the day, and it was always just, like, I would I would work and then immediately be hitting up mics right after work or different shows. Um, I performed a lot at Broadway Comedy Club and got, um, I was kind of in the space of, it takes, like, a few years in comedy, I think, to, like, find your crew or, like, find your, like, different yeah, I would say your comedy crew that you kind of grow up with, um, everyone who's kind of starting around the same time as you and has like the same sort of trajectory and like actually wants to support like you and you support them. So I feel like I had finally hit that stage of like, wow, I think I found my crew. Like, this is really great. We're like putting each other on each other's uh, shows and stuff. And like, you know, everyone's sort of like positively messaging each other about like different opportunities or tagging you and things. Um, so I was starting to get up in a lot of shows. And at the time I was in Jersey City, um, I was getting up on a lot of shows uh, throughout Jersey. Jersey City will always have just like a huge place in my heart. Um, it's just an amazing, amazing space for art and amazing space for comedy. So a lot of my friends had started putting on shows there. So I was up pretty much every night, multiple shows. Um, and, you know, it was just kind of like make, making it work and it was the best. And then uh, that was sort of yeah, pre-pandemic. Uh, and I just remember I was about to, I had a show scheduled for like um, an industry room audition at uh, Broadway Comedy Club. And it was supposed to be the weekend where everything shut down. And uh, that was like kind of a crazy thing where it's just like, oh, wait, all right. So then that was really like put off because it was like March, I think like 17th or something where oh, it was no. like, wait a minute. And then you kind of go through the whole thing of like, I can't ask people to come to this because like the world's falling apart. And then like, I don't feel safe asking people to come when like, I don't know if they're protected. It's just like, because none of us knows how to protect against like anything with COVID at that time, especially. And uh, so it was just like really weird kind of surreal moments. Yeah, that was like before. That's so crazy. It's so interesting to hear where everyone was like right before things shut down. Um, I was supposed to have my first live show ever at Broadway Comedy Club the Friday after the shutdown. Oh man. <laughs> and it was like, oh, interesting. So we could have met sooner, which would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> but like we find ourselves now having met during the pandemic, um, which is- exactly. 
Speaking of, how have you been um, keeping comedy alive in your life during the pandemic? What have you been up to comedy wise? What's been happening? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. So was so happy actually that um, I was really surprised with how quickly comedy actually like adapted to the pandemic. And I was really, I was really, really proud of that. Seeing like people put on Zoom shows almost within like two weeks of really being in the pandemic. I remember it was, I think my first Zoom show was uh, like, I think three or four weeks into like shutdown where um, it was the uh, New York Underground Comedy Festival and they were doing Zoom stuff. And it was like their first one. I think they had two last year. It was like their first one. And um, so I got on like that show. I was like, wow, this is like really different doing comedy, um, you know, on Zoom where you're like looking at yourself and, um, you know, you're trying to see how to get reactions from people. And like the audience was learning like, oh, how do I watch or participate in like a Zoom comedy uh, show without being like distracting or like, how does that work? Do you use comments? Do you leave your camera on? Do you uh, leave sound on no camera so I feel like it was it was like really cool to watch the early days of both comics and audience trying to like figure that out um so I got into zoom pretty quickly and then all of a sudden it seemed like all of like my comedy friends were putting on zoom shows so I ended up doing like zoom shows almost almost again like every it's and it got more and more as the pandemic went on and more people got comfortable with zoom but I would say almost every night has been a Zoom show or a couple of Zoom shows. And uh, to me, it's like the coolest thing ever because I don't know, I, you, you always have like your comedy people that you know that you were you hung out with at clubs that were on a show um, like after you or during or with you on a show. But with Zoom, it's so cool because you're getting to meet people who aren't just in New York. It's just like you're getting to meet people who are like in the UK, who are in LA, who are just everywhere. And um, I think that's been like the magical part of this that like comedy is kind of growing um, because of this, because now you kind of get to test your material, your material where otherwise, unless you're a road comic, you're not really going to test it that much. Um, you know, you get to see, am I funny still when I do stuff on the West Coast, or am, am I funny when I do a show in Nevada? Am I am I funny when I do a show that's um, in uh, like France? It's just like when it, this isn't, you know, that this isn't like the language and stuff and different cultures. And um, I think that's just been the coolest thing to test as a comedian and get to meet those other comics from around the world. Um, just being able to be like, oh yeah, you know, my buddy who's like um japan based is just like and she's doing this other comedy show with me you know on sunday that's like new york based and um so i think that's just been the most incredible part of it is is i was so proud that during the darkest times in the pandemic it seemed like i was very proud of comedians for still getting on screen and i think it was like keeping each other sane but also like really trying to keep um, and wanting an audience to tune in to really be able to spread that little bit of joy when it was really dark times. It's just like, you know, I was in Jersey City and then New York City during, you know, the height of the pandemic. And it was really, really difficult times we knew for everyone. Um, you know, I knew, I know some people who passed away and lost family members. And, you know, we lost some of our dearest friends. And it's just like, I, I think, I think it stands true that when you're going through the hardest times uh, throughout history, that's when the most beautiful art kind of surfaces. And um, I really think that with comedy, what we created 
all of us kind of kind of coming together uh, during that time uh, really just amazes me. And uh, I'm just like so happy to be involved with that and so proud to see like all of these comedians really taking taking advantage of it and like wanting to spread that joy. So it's been like really, I think, cool during the pandemic. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, awesome. It's honestly, that's such a fun, yeah, way to put it. Um, yeah, because I feel like people are like, oh, well, I did do Zoom. Um, generally, is like the the idea about it. But no, it's very, ins- the way you're, you're talking about it is very inspirational. And um, yeah, just like nice and wholesome. Um, do you think that Zoom is going to stick around in a post-pandemic world or what are, what are your thoughts? I think on that? absolutely. I think it has to. I think once you open up artwork to something where it has like a broader audience or a broader perspective, um, then it has to stay because when you just go back to like only doing comedy in your, in your area, um, it limits you and it limits who you can book as a booker. It's just like, great. I used to have this huge pool of amazingly talented people that I could book. And now like, I still have talented people who are in my space here, but it's not as much of a reach. And like now the audience members are expecting to hear so many different cultural perspectives in a show. It's just like, it's again, very limiting to only have, you know, people who are live and who are there. I think it's actually going to open up comedy live way more just because now, okay, when I travel to say like France, it's just like, cool, I know this person and I can be on their show. And then when they come to the US, I can book them on here or like even throughout you know, um, it's just like, if I'm down in Florida, like, you know, I know this person from Florida now, and I think it opens it up so much for especially young comics coming up right now. And then I think what I'm hoping to see is that every club continues to really hold on to their Zoom shows and do those because it's just like, it's, it, again, it's so much of a different perspective when you can have so many people from different places. And I think audiences really have appreciated that during the pandemic where they're like, wow, like this is such different kind of comedy than I would be able to see if I, you know, went to the club down the street, um, like on a Tuesday night. Uh, so I think it has to be a balance of both. I think people right now, uh, every, like everything's opening up, which is great. Um, and I think, people are, you know, less or more down on Zoom right now because they're like, oh, why would you do Zoom? Like we can finally go outside again. And and that's great and that's true. But we all know that I think at, at the core, um, humans can be like really lazy, myself included. It's just like, so I feel like, <laughs> I feel like now everyone's like, let's go do everything. But in like two months from now, everyone's gonna be like, you know, I just kind of feel like maybe like staying in and doing my thing. And then Zoom is gonna, I think, come a lot back, especially in winter months and stuff. Um, I think people are really gonna want Zoom back. So I really think it has to be a balance. And I, I'm hoping that clubs um, kind of continue that. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. And I also kind of hope that Zoom sticks around. I, I'm not a fan of Zoom. I love in-person comedy. Yes. But the thing that Zoom works really well for, for me personally, is like, if I have really, really, really brand new material, I don't want to spend money and time to like, go all the way to wherever, try it somewhere. And you have like one small audience that you're going to try it in front of. Yep. Whereas like on Zoom, you don't have to leave. So your costs are very low. Most Zoom shows are, most Zoom mics are free and you can do like three back to back and try the same like jokes over and over again. And then it's just, it's easier. And then when you bring them to a real audience, like, which is a more, you know, like there's a higher opportunity cost there, like then you have something that's a little bit more presentable than um, what you bring to your Zoom mics, which is, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's my favorite thing about Zoom. 
No, it's honestly so real. And I've been, because obviously live every day of the week in, over Zoom, but I do like Zoom comedy because I, I was trying to put my finger on why and you hit the nail on the head because it makes live comedy feel small almost like yeah. big in the moment like you have the audience there you have the energy it's amazing but small in the sense that it's like oh before i was like talking to people in california and i have friends who are in london doing comedy now and now it's only going to be like the people who are kind of in proximity to me which is such a different like there are just less options like even um or just, I think you're right about people staying in, or it just opens comedy up to people who can't go to a comedy club. Like I have a sister who's not old enough to get into the clubs or my grandma who's too old to get into the clubs. Yeah. And like I've been able to see a lot of comedy during this pandemic, which is nice and weird, but nice. Um, but yeah, speaking of like pandemic is kind of, um, I don't even want to jinx what I'm about to say, but we all know we're getting vaccinated. Things are looking a bit optimistic. What are you up to right now in the world? Yeah, so I, uh, I'm i definitely diving headfirst back into live comedy, feet first, fin first, uh, back into <laughs> comedy. Um, getting to on maintain the Exactly, metaphor. you know, I have to keep bringing it back. It's, you might hear some splashes soon, but uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> are you a comedian? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, I'm definitely getting back into live comedy. It's been amazing in the last couple of weeks to, you know, just kept getting back on stages. And my favorite part of doing live comedy is always like being able to feed off of the audience and like literally being able to stare down audience members. Like I just gather so much just energy from that because it's like stand-up comedy in its essence is supposed to be like a conversation. So I think the the toughest part about, you know, getting used to doing it on Zoom and everything is just like, you're used to literally being able to stare person by person and almost having that in-depth conversation with them when you're on stage. And there's such a beauty to that, that you just, you really, really miss. And uh, like at first, whenever I was going back on stage, I'm like, oh, it's been like three, four months, um, you know, especially during the winter months where there was no or there were some outdoor options, but like, I get cold easily. So I don't know. I, I was a real big baby about it. I was like, oh, it's like 35 degrees. I don't want to do outdoor. Um, but So getting back on stage, I'm like, oh, how is this going to be like being back on stage live again uh, for the first time? And then literally as soon as I got up there and I could like really look at people and connect with people again, I was just like, oh, I miss this so much. And there's just such a, such a magic, I think, in both audience and you know performer and getting back on stages which is super exciting um i've been doing more outdoor comedy too which is great now that it's warmer out uh, <laughs> and uh yeah it was funny i like we were pretty strict about like not going um you know to places much especially during winter months um you know during the pandemic so uh, just getting to sit outside at a restaurant and like, you know, literally going to a restaurant was pretty amazing in the last like couple weeks now. Now I'm vaccinated and like my partner's vaccinated. So like we, um, we were just like, oh, we, we can like go a couple places now and like, you know, be feel like a little bit of normalcy. So that's been amazing. I also um, have a very big family, very big Italian family. And uh, I would say the pandemic is super hard uh, for Italians, especially because <laughs> you were just taught to always like hug everyone and you know, <laughs> be never like 
more than two inches away from your entire family growing up. So it was definitely a rough thing for my family to try to like social distance and like try to tell like your 80 year old godmother that like, okay, like I really want to hug you, but I can't because I'm trying to keep you safe. And, um, you know, some, some of my relatives were like a little bit, uh, like, oh no, it's going to be fine. And then like, you know how you having to be the younger ones of being like, no, I, I don't want to kill you. Like it's going to be, <laughs> I can't be responsible for that. Don't put that guilt on me. Um, so it's been so great because now, now my family is vaccinated. So getting to see them again, we were able to like go up and like celebrate like my grandfather's 85th birthday. And, um, you know, just getting to hug everyone and see everyone has just been really amazing. Cause it's like last year, the last year, luckily everyone is healthy and stuff but um it was really really rough and I always just forget how much that means to me just like those little moments of going to a family party and like you know getting to chat with everyone and just like be with everyone I have a lot of little cousins who are running around like crazy and uh like my uh super close with all of my family who's um you know a lot older of cousins and uh yeah so it was it's been really magical to get to be with everyone again and that's that's been an amazing thing in the last like month yeah amazing um I know it's so it's like so wild to finally be like hey you want to hang out and we could do it in person like to anyone like family <laughs> or otherwise um it, yeah it's honestly so wild um and exciting and fun um yeah so on kind of a different note um you so you've been doing comedy for a while um and it's been like a really exciting thing for you. What, like, who are some of your biggest uh, ins like inspirations getting it? Like before you became a comedian, um, you talked about like watching Seinfeld a lot, but like, is there anyone who like really stood out to you as like, this is who inspired me? Yeah, so I would definitely say Seinfeld for sure. Just like growing up, watching his stand up was always super inspiring to me. My dad was a big Seinfeld fan. So like definitely grew up, uh, you know, just in the show watching all of them many times so I can well, basically my dad and I have long conversations that include 90% of Seinfeld quotes so <laughs> <laughs> that's like our language um and uh so definitely Seinfeld uh Kathleen Madigan really inspired me um so a lot of people it's she always jokes that she's like the comic who um everyone has heard but no one remembers and because uh, <laughs> no one remembers her name she's absolutely an amazing comedian she's been around for a while um her comedy is so special to me just because she just tells she's an amazing storyteller um you know she gets on stage she talks about like you know different things with her family but in, in a unique way where you really feel like you're part of that conversation almost like bug on the wall listening in um and and she, the way she just like connects one story to another is just uh i just think there's something so so impressive about that that you know even a lot of comics can be really funny it's just like but i think it takes a, a totally different kind of talent to be an amazing storyteller in comedy and i think that's what i've always wanted to do with my comedy is um i don't just want to say something that's funny i want to i want to tell a story i want someone who comes to see me, you know, have a takeaway of like maybe a bit what, of what my perspective in life has been like of being able to kind of come in on like certain moments of my life that were kind of weird or like things that you wouldn't expect. Um, you know, so I, I think that's what I always really strive to do in my comedy really because of, of uh, seeing like her comedy as well. So it's, uh, I would say those are definitely two inspiring people. And then uh, I mentioned before Jim Andrinos. So Jim, uh, 
you know, he's, he's just an amazing, he's an amazing mentor, amazing, just comedian, storyteller, writer. I could go on and on and on. He literally does everything. Um, and I think being exposed to that, um, you know, when I had gone through life so long of like not telling my story and then he's an amazing storyteller comedian, um, you know, getting exposed to that was super, super inspiring. And now Jim actually owns and runs um, like Comedy Therapy New Jersey and a company called New Media Comedy. And they've been doing so much during the pandemic. Um, it was an amazing thing because I had worked with them before pre-pandemic. Um, you know, I'd worked with their media company and did like uh, film the pilot with them and stuff and got to be involved when I had done no acting before that ever. And, you know, he was just like, hey, we'll give you this small part, like see if you like it. And then, um, you know, kind of got into acting and stuff. And then he's just like, hey, if you ever want to write something, like, let me know. And uh, my boyfriend and I were actually wrote, um, wrote a pilot together that we were going to work on with them. Uh, then the pandemic happened. So we're hoping that we can kind of get that back. But um, yeah, and and now during the pandemic, Comedy Therapy New Jersey has just done so much for comics. They've put on several comedy festivals. Um, they they do weekly mics. I run a weekly mic with them. It's called the Hershel mic. Um, and uh, it's it's just a blast to be able to do. They asked me like, hey, if you, if you had a mic, what would you like to do in it? And I said, I, I really believe in getting more women into comedy and really giving women that that virtual stage to, uh, you know, try things out on. Um, and I, and I wanted to learn about more perspectives from women from not just New York, but, you know, everywhere. So I always start the mic of being like, Hey, where are you from? Like, where are you, where are you tuning in from? And so often it's been like, so unique and different. Like, it's like, Oh, it's from, um, coming to you from Japan. One of them, I'm coming <laughs> to you from UK. Um, and I've never done comedy before, but I heard about this mic and I was like, that's amazing. Like, that is so freaking cool. Um, so I'm just so proud of like, Jim and his company and everything they've done just because they're really artists looking out for artists. And, um, you know, it's just amazing to be like kind of within that family. Even at the beginning of the pandemic, they sent out a note to everyone saying like, hey, and this was before they were doing Zoom and everything. They're like, we're gonna just host a Zoom on like Tuesday nights, not for comedy or anything, but just to have a conversation if you're living alone right now and you know, you're, you don't, you don't really get to see people. And um, if you're scared or if you need anything in New York, like let us know, we just really want to like mentally support everyone. And like, that was so touching to me during that time. Cause no one was doing that. Like my day company was not doing that. Like no <laughs> one's really was. And it just felt great to know that like they really care about their people and like, it's really more of a family. So I would say just Jim overall, like is a huge inspiration to me, like in comedy and just like a great mentor too. Yeah, that's so amazing. And it's so indicative of like, it's that they kind of came together and we're like, let's just talk here. Let's just have a nice space where we can support each other. And I think that speaks so highly to this weird kind of pandemic-y renaissance of like comedy <laughs> and other art stuff. Because even though no one in arts is like, I'm here for the money. Like, that's not what it is. But there is always that idea in the back of the head that's like, okay, how do we make this profitable? I'm making a good show. This is what's happening. But then when everything's shut down, you're left with the people that are like, I would just like to do this because it makes me happy. And we've kind of had this like return to that, which I think is really cool. I agree. And you were mentioning before, just to backtrack a little bit, you said that uh, you and your dad would watch Seinfeld all the time. Yes. Um, uh, how do your parents feel about your career as a stand-up comedian? 
Yeah. So my, uh, it's funny, the first show I ever did, which was the graduation show at Gotham Comedy Club, uh, my dad, who barely, like he was, my family gets very nervous around New York City. So like none of them are from here. They're, they're you know, upstate's a different world. Um, but he, he came into the city to watch me perform and stuff. And that just meant so much to be like, wow, like someone, uh, someone from my family like really really wants me to do this and like really respects it my dad thought it was like the coolest thing ever he's like this is amazing like this is so <laughs> exciting um I think my mom was I think my mom was excited it took her a little while I think to get there just because uh it's just um no one ever expected me to do it so I think she's just like oh that's cute it's a phase kind of thing <laughs> um and then you know kind of got more into like oh wait, she's, she's actually like getting better, like getting good or like growing. And then, and then she kind of got on board. So I would say, I would say my parents are overall supportive. Um, and then, you know, I, I dig into different things, uh, especially with my mom and my set and everything where it's just like, you know, I grew up in an unconventional household. It's just like my parents divorced when I was five. Um, my mom, my mom came out to me when I was six years old. And I talk about that moment, which is a very true moment in my set. Um, you know, and, and then my mom, um, you know, met someone who's now her wife. And, uh, so it's just like, and I really mostly grew up at my dad's like house and stuff, but I would like see my mom, you know, once every couple weeks. So it's just, uh, growing up in like a very different way, especially for people in my area in upstate New York, uh, that was not a normal thing. Um, so it's, it was always really, really interesting, but I think that that's kind of, again, the magic of comedy where you can kind of take like your unique like thing that happened to you and just put it out into the world and I hope that that like hits people of like oh yeah okay I grew up similarly oh I've had that moment happen it's just like no one really talks about having like a gay parent having them come out to you like everyone's just like oh wait what your parents like gay or they so I wanted to start that conversation of kind of being like yeah no I remember being a six-year-old kid I remember being in uh I don't know why exactly this happened, but we were in the uh, drive-through at McDonald's, and I just remember really wanting a kids meal, and I was waiting for like the toy, and then um, I remember my mom for some reason at that moment chose then to like say like, "Oh, I'm like I I'm gay," and then being a six-year-old, you have no idea what that means. <laughs> you're like, "That's cool. I really, really want the Star Wars toy that they promised me in this kids meal." <laughs> um, and, <laughs> And then my mom was just like, oh, and like, no, you know, like this person who I've been like with, like you, she's been around and stuff. It's just like, well, she's like really like my partner and like, we're really like together. And uh, it's, it's so, it, it was such a moment that like, I never knew at that moment, but it's a moment I'll never forget. And I didn't know why it was significant when I was, when I was six, but I knew that it was. So looking back as an adult on it now, I just think that that's kind of like a unique thing of like, there are so many, you know, parents who come out to their kids and like no one ever, I, I know no stories about that. Like I know nothing about that. So I like really, I uh, feel lucky being able to like kind of like tell this perspective in a humorous way, but a true <laughs> way um, and, and kind of bring light to that stuff. And uh, I think whenever I was thinking about doing that in my set, you know, I did like talk to my mom because it's like the last thing I'd want to do is like offend anyone in my set, like especially family and stuff like so I remember us having like an honest conversation about it and just kind of being like, hey, are you okay if I talk about this? Um, 
you know, I'm like, I, it's, it's going to be, I'm like, but I'm, I'm approaching it in this way where it's really about, about me in the end, but like, I'm, I'm bringing up this very true thing. And I was just really impressed with like, she was just like, yeah, I think that's great. Like, I, I love like that. And I was, I was really, I was very nervous going into that conversation with her being like, are you going to be okay with it? Or are you not like, so I would say my parents have been uh, really supportive just in like different ways at different times. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So we, we are coming to the end of our podcast, but what we like to ask people kind of towards the end is um, either, do you have any advice you would really like to give aspiring comedians or on the flip side, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Yes. Uh, for, I would say advice to give comedians or like anyone wanting to try comedy is just go do it, get up, go do it, learn about yourself in the process. You might become a comedian in the end. You might not. And that's okay. But I think it's important uh, in life for someone to make you go on a stage and shove a microphone on your hand. Cause then you really think to yourself what you really want to say to the world and um, what you, what, what means things to you, what's important to you. And I think that just as a human being, that's an important moment for you because it makes you, it makes you realize what's the most important to you and what you have that's unique about you that you can project to the world. So I always say, I want everyone to try comedy. I want everyone to get a mic in their hands. If you're a new comic um, and you're coming up, don't lose hope. I think there can be a lot of negativity in comedy, which I can't stand, especially at open mics, which sometimes can be a little soulless as we all know, um, which is why the one I run, I always try to be, you know, super supportive of everyone. Um, I think when you're coming up new in comedy, there's a lot of um, people who have been around in comedy that try to kind of knock down people because they're like, oh, you know, you're, you, you don't have what it takes or like you, you haven't done enough and it's my turn to get the spotlight. Honestly, be fucking funny. Like it's just, yeah. that's the only thing that matters. Like, I don't care if you've been doing this for two weeks, for 10 years. It's just like, no one cares. No one cares. No one asks for your resume. When you go on that stage, no one says, I would like to know immediately how, how long you've been doing comedy before you're able to have this mic in your hand. No one cares. No one cares about that. Bookers don't care about that. For the most part, you can always just say like, I've been doing comedy three years. If they really asked you, no one is going to like check your resume. If that's actually true. Just go out there and be funny. And if people are laughing, you're killing it. It's just like, and that's all that matters. That's the end goal. It's you, it's the audience. And it's that moment. Try and don't let people who aren't able to get to the, get to what they're aiming for, knock you down, because that's not what it's about. It's just about you and you getting better than yourself. Every time tape yourself, um, keep watching yourself until you're happy with it, until you make yourself laugh. Um, I think that's like the biggest thing is just like, never think about this as a competition against everyone. Cause then it's going to kill you and it's not going to bring you joy and you're going to get worse because of it. Cause you'll be really bitter and no one wants to be bitter. Bitter is terrible. Bitter takes so much energy. So <laughs> I would say just like, try to be better than yourself every time, keep getting up and acknowledge that the negativity is going to be there. And you do have to have somewhat of a thick skin to like get through that, but brush it off. It's just like, and just know that in the end, it's you, the audience and how many laughs you get. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible advice. Go Meg. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And last but not least, is there anything you want to promote? 
Yes, I um so on June 5th, I'll be at Broadway Comedy Club. It's kind of like a, a full circle moment of being, you know, having my last show before pandemic be there and then now having uh, one of the newer shows after pandemic being there. So I'm excited to come back. So June 5th, um, 8 p.m. Really excited to be there and um, hope people can come out. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. This is great. Thank you for listening to Laughing Your Mask Off. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a good review. To keep up with our hosts, follow Catherine at Catherine.Cowan and Carly at Carly Palestina on Instagram. See you next week.